The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Well, good morning, Springs Church. I want to say welcome. In the name of Jesus, all who regularly gather with us, and if you're a visitor, we want to especially welcome you today in the name of Jesus. Well, we have a lot of things to get to, a lot of items to cover. So the very first one is uh, that I hear there, there's probably at least one birthday. There's probably more, but Ryland Mills, if you could stand up. To blame your parents for this one. She is 21 years old today. Let's sing happy birthday to her. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Ryland. Happy birthday to you. And to all of you who have birthdays this week as well. Uh, I also want to say thank you. A big thanks to the mission team. Mission month was fantastic. I want to say a special thanks to Kelly Osborne uh, for giving us a message for uh, Celeste Dvorak, for John Osborne. And let me say this. The way that this church is gifted, I'm thankful to God. I'm thankful for all the different gifts that this church has. The amount of people that get at least, let's say representative, right, on this stage that get to share their gifts. Whether it be leading worship, right, whether it be sharing a message, whether it be a communion homily, whether it be whether it be in the, in the back and doing all the things behind the scene, let me just say this. You do not have to be up front uh, to share your gifts with this congregation. We want this to be a place where everyone shares their gifts and finds their place. For example, our, our artwork. This doesn't come out of thin air. Renee Redling and Laura Vanderzee put together our artwork for this series. So there's all kinds of ways whether it's behind the scenes, whether it's serving in the nursery, whether it's organizing, whether it's uh, encouraging people, we want you, this is a place where we want you to be able to, to use your gifts. And if you don't know what gifts God has given you, join more fully in our life and let's discover those together. Because I guarantee there are people in this room that will be able to look at you and say, you know what, you're really good at this. Would you bless us by contributing in this way? So I'm thankful for all the gifts uh, that this church, that God has given this church body. And I also, also want to say about missions month is that God was good. And through this congregation, we raised $83,000 for missions, right? In the month of February. Yes. Now, our goal was 115,000. Don't be discouraged. Every year, this is about how it turns out. And guess what? Every year, God is faithful, and people continue to give throughout the year. We're about $32,000 short. And so I want to encourage you to prayerfully consider letting God use you and this congregation that we can meet the budget needs that we have set 
for our missionaries around the world. This congregation has always been a church on mission with God. And I have no doubt that by the power of God's spirit that he will continue to work through us and through the extension of us, our missionaries around the world, to be his hands and feet and his voice. And so I wanna, I wanna give you guys, thank, say thank you so much for all that you've done and please, please continue to let God lead you in his mission. Let's begin uh, our sermon series, Gathered by God in Prayer. If you guys will pray with me. God, we give you thanks always for your word. For your word is our life. And we confess that we have no life apart from you and your word, your son Jesus. And so God, today, as we encounter you and your word, give us ears to hear. Give us hearts to follow and bodies to obey. And God, I pray for the gift of preaching. In the name of Jesus Christ, your word to us, we pray. Amen. We began this year with a word. Our word for this year is gather. And we began with a sermon series on Jonah where we found ourselves journeying with Jonah being swallowed by the grace of God and not only us realizing that we're swallowed, ironically swallowed by the grace of God, but that others, others we wouldn't think of have been swallowed up by the grace of God and that is a gift to us. And then, of course, Missions Month was the theme of Connected where we talked about how God is connecting us to him and God is connecting us to the world and that we are connecting others to God. And we want to continue in that theme, right, with Jonah to uh, Missions Month connected to a series entitled Gathered by God. And we want to ask this question, why does God call us to do this? Why does he call us to gather? Our vision here at the Springs is that we are being transformed into the image of Christ so that others can find their way back to God. That is our vision for this congregation. Simple. It's not simple to do necessarily, but it's simple that we're being transformed into the image of Christ so that others will find their way back to God. And one of the ways that we do that is through gathering together. We want to begin today in this sermon series in Genesis chapter 12. So if you turn to your Bible, it'll be up on the screen, or take out your smartphone, your Bible on your, your Bible app, and read with me, or at least follow in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. The word of the Lord says this. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Many of us know this story or at least we should have heard it growing up in Bible class if you grew up going to Bible class. But what I think we don't realize much about the story of Abram is this. 
is that Abram is set in the context of another story about scattering. Because if you look just a chapter before that, at chapter 11, beginning in verse 1 through 11, it says this. It says, now the whole world had one language and a common speech. And as the people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered all over the face of the earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. And the Lord said this, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they will not be able to understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole world. Now, what's interesting about this story is that in chapter 10, it goes through all these nations. So it assumes it's, it doesn't work chronologically because by chapter 10, you have this long description of all these nations that come out of the story of Noah. But what this is is a story that explains where all of these nations come from and why they speak different languages. This story about Babel has often been confusing. But here's the main problem that I think is at the heart of Babel. The main problem that it's the heart of the story of the Tower of Babel is a problem of gathering. It's not gathering in itself that's a problem. It's how they go about doing it. You see, these people, this story is about autonomy, wanting to provide their own blessing. This story is also about self-preservation. You hear it in the language. Let's come together and build a city so that we're not scattered. Because if we're scattered, we're more at risk. But if we come together, then we're less at risk. And we're about preserving our own life. They're about preserving their own life and their own autonomy through their own power. But what's interesting about this text is that there is a command that God gives very early on in Genesis that goes exactly the, against what they're about to do at Babel. So if you read with me up on the screen, or at least follow along, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, it's that after that he created man and woman in his own image, he gives, he says this, scripture says, God bless them, and he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. 
there's lots of irony in the story from Genesis chapter 1 through chapter 12. But one of the irony is, the ironic things about this whole story is that they're supposed to fill the earth. But you see in chapter 11, they're actually afraid of scattering. And they try to gather themselves. Their desire for autonomy from God and the self-preservation from the world, it seems to be a threat to the world. This is why this story, God is interested in this story. Because what they're doing, it seems to be a threat to all of creation, that they're gathering in one place. Because if you read from Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, here's what it says. It says that God blessed them. And then it says, now that you are blessed, go and fill the earth and subdue it. Or maybe a better way to say that is to say, care for it. Go, you are blessed people. Go and fill the earth and bless all of creation once you fill it. So because they want to gather themselves, have autonomy from God's own blessing, and they want to preserve their own blessing for themselves, this actually is a threat to all of creation. God blessed them, and that blessing is supposed to fill the earth. So to seek autonomy from God and to preserve the blessing for themselves, that's a threat. So here's one way that we can think about it for ourselves. That when we seek autonomy from God, not just those in the story, but we're a part of the story too. When we seek autonomy from God, we seek autonomy from the life that God intends to bless us with. We seek autonomy from the blessing of life, from the giver of life. And when we, as part of this story, seek to preserve our own life or to preserve our own blessing, which might be the same thing, We preserve that blessing that's intended for all creation and we hoard it for ourselves. That's the story of the Tower of Babel is not far from our lives because we all know down deep there's temptation to seek autonomy from God from the life he intends and to preserve our own life which actually is not to bless the world. We feel it. We know it deeply. It's part of what it means, I think, to be human, to have that struggle. And so what God does is he comes down and he confuses their language and he scatters them. And this is not punishment, so to speak, because it is clearly a gift from God that the world is full of such diverse language. We should not read the story of the Tower of Babel as a punishment. It is a consequence. In other words, this is what God is saying. He says, 
Gathering is not a bad thing, but you're not going to do it on your own power. That's not, I'm going to do this. This is God's work, not your work. And so God confuses their language so that he may bring about his will in gathering. That the blessing of life will not be contingent on the autonomy of a people with a single language to make a blessing for themselves and become a great nation. And two, that the blessing for life will not be just for a single group of people who seek to preserve their blessing by making a name for themselves, but that it will be extended to all of creation. So, it is in the context of Babel, in the context of scattering, that we should read God's promise to Abram. Let's read it again. I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Now if you didn't make the connection let me make it more explicit for you. In chapter 11 It says they're going to build a tower to make themselves into a great nation and to bless themselves. And then God, after confusing their languages, says to Abram, I will make you a great nation. You're not going to make yourself a great nation. I'm going to make you a great nation. You are not going to bless yourself. I am going to bless you. In chapter 11, it says that they sought to make a name for themselves to preserve their own blessing. And to Abram, God says, I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. Do you see how Genesis chapter 12 and the call of Abram and chapter 11 and Tower of Babel go together? It is no wonder that they try to make a name for themselves and God says, wait a minute, this is my work. And then he goes and he calls Abram and he says, you know what those people of Babel try to do? That's what I'm gonna do for you. You know how they tried to give themselves their own blessing? I'm gonna bless you. Do you know how they try to keep that blessing for themselves? I'm going to make you a blessing to all people. And that call is the beginning of the rest of the story of Scripture. If we jump ahead into Acts chapter 2. It echoes back from this story of Abraham and the call of Abraham and the Tower of Babel. Because when God calls Abram, he calls him to go and gather. He says, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you, and you'll be a blessing. It moves from Babel scattering 
to the beginning of the story of gathering, and this is why we're in this text, because you need to understand the story of Abram in order to un- and the story of Babel in, under- in order to understand why we gather together, why we are gathered by God. And if you take this story all the way through and jump over a lot of things that I know we're jumping over, and you get to Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2 says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Because each one heard their own language being spoken. And utterly amazed, they ask, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and other parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? After Jesus' death and resurrection, His disciples gather and the apostles gather. And we know this story. If you've been in church for a long time or you've read your Bible, you know this story that on the day of Pentecost, after Jesus has ascended to be seated at the right hand of the Father, on the day of Pentecost, they receive the Holy Spirit. And they begin to speak in tongues. They begin to speak in languages which they do not know. And what's amazing is that people gathered from all over the known world that are in Jerusalem, they are utterly amazed because they are hearing the word of God in their own language. We come full circle in this story because in Babel, they all speak one language where they're trying to get autonomy from God to bless themselves, and they're trying to preserve their own blessing and keep it from others, and God scatters them by confusing their languages, and they're confused, and they scatter all over the earth. But in Acts chapter 2, this is the great reversal of Babel. But he doesn't reverse it by having everyone speak the same language. He speaks your language. He speaks my language. And we're all amazed because we can hear it. So we go from Babel with different languages and that are confusing and they're scattered to Pentecost where there's different languages but it brings awe. And it causes them to gather together. Because if you keep reading down in Acts chapter 2, 
beginning in verse 41, it says this. After Peter preaches his long sermon, it says this. Put it up on the screen. Those who accepted Peter's message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord gathered more to their number of those who were being saved. I want to say this. God calls us to gather together. This is what happens at the end of the story of Abram. When they, the great reversal of Babel, he, you hear it in your own language, and thousands gather. We go from scattered to gathered, and this is what God does. God gathers, and he gathers us in worship to, to, to be blessed, to be blessed by his word, to be blessed by fellowship, to be blessed by the breaking of bread, by by prayer, by praising God, by enjoying the favor of God's people. He blesses us by receiving healing, by having our needs provided for. He blesses us by giving the justice chance to give. But I want to say this. He does not gather us for our own sake. We are not the Tower of Babel. This is not about autonomy. This is not about self-preservation. This is not about you getting the blessing for yourself. Because all of those things I just named, giving praise to God, healing, the fellowship, breaking bread together, prayer, it may not be all of them, but all of you have been blessed by some aspect that we read about in Acts 2. You've been blessed by prayer, by healing, by fellowship, by breaking bread together, by enjoying the favor of God's people around you. You are blessed to be a blessing. God does not call us together for our own sake, but for the sake of the world. We are blessed to be a blessing, so the word of God brings life, and you are empowered by the word to bring life. To go bless others with fellowship. To pray for them. To show them favor. To bring healing and to provide needs for maybe even people that are strangers to you. And maybe like we did earlier, when we ate together and we broke bread and we celebrated Christ giving his life for us. We are empowered to give our lives for the sake of the world. That is why we are gathered. We are gathered to be blessed. And we are gathered to be a blessing to others. Let's stand and sing.